How's it going? Welcome to Tell You What the Podcast. We talk with musicians about songwriting and the creative process. My name is Mike, and in this episode, we talk with Siri Undlin, who performs under the name Humbird. This was a really enjoyable conversation. I had the opportunity to record it live. I sat down with Siri at the wonderful Mile of Music Festival in Appleton, Wisconsin. It is always great when I get to record a conversation in person. We were also lucky enough to host a Humbird live show here at the Tell You What Studios just a few days prior to this chat, so Siri and I were able to spend a bit of time together then. Generally, when I record an episode, I don't get to talk with my guests until the actual interview, so maybe they're a little wary of what kind of crazy person they'll be interacting with. In Siri's case, since we had interacted previously, she knew exactly what kind of crazy person she would be talking with. I would like to talk briefly about the Milo Music Festival. We've been up there to Appleton a couple of times now, and it is really something special. They bring something like 200 artists to the town of Appleton, Wisconsin, and the whole town pitches in to make the week really amazing. There are shows all day and evening long for four days, something like 700 different sets in 40 different venues of all kinds, restaurants, bars, parking lots, chapels, parks, almost all of which are within walking distance of each other. The artists are treated extremely well. In addition to getting paid, most are put up in nice hotels or in homestays in town. Meals are provided. And service providers in the area offer free services to the artists. Massages, dental cleanings, chiropractic work, all kinds of things. I've spoken with a number of artists who are so delighted with this experience up at Mile of Music. The artists each do a number of sets over the weekend, and the musical focus is on original work, All songs performed are expected to be originals, no covers. Oh, and did I mention that the festival is free to attend? I saw something like 20, 25 amazing shows while we were up there, no charge. One of the festival's bylines is, quote, the only thing you pay is attention. A lot of the shows are listening room format, and the audiences are excellent at being quiet and attentive while still showing their support and encouragement. Merch sales are brisk all weekend. I wanted to talk about this festival not only to encourage you all to go if you possibly can, but to point out that this model can work, treating these artists with the respect they deserve, paying them properly, offering housing and other perks, providing attentive and supportive audiences. The festival is run by a nonprofit which spends a lot of the year raising funds and awareness for this event. Local folks all volunteer their time and effort in a labor of musical love that the community is quite proud of. What results is a unique experience for artists and fans both. But wouldn't it be great if this was not unique, if this kind of event could be replicated on perhaps smaller scale all over the country? It is a win-win experience for all. So let's get on this, America. Back to the episode. Siri Undland is not only obviously a talented musician, but she's also a compelling communicator. 
She speaks with a natural ease, so clearly intelligent, but also with a gift for empathy and personal connection. One of the easiest conversations I have ever had on this podcast. Humbird music is fascinating. Siri has an excellent voice, of course, which is the common thread through the incredible variety of song types Humbird puts out. I would call your particular attention to the just-released single, North Country Girl, as a great example of why I find Humbird music so compelling. An interesting songwriting premise, the song is fashioned as a response to Bob Dylan's Girl from the North Country. Siri's beautiful vocals are on display throughout, and the production and the arrangement take us on an excellent and slightly surprising journey through the song. Check it out. Siri mentioned she has a lot of music in the works. I think we are witnessing just the beginning of what will be a fascinating and highly entertaining career in music. Quick shout out to Jimmy Ryan and Woodra Keen at Five Head Entertainment for putting this conversation together. Your help is very much appreciated. So now, please enjoy this Tell You What discussion with Humbird's Siri Undlin. Tell You What the podcast. We are recording here live in person at our Tell You What satellite Epiplex in Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> Epiplex, what yeah. a word. What do you think of the Epiplex? It's cozy here. It's, I like it. It's expansive and impressive yeah. also, yeah. isn't it? Yep. yep. There's also a cat here. Uh-huh. Mysterious cat. Which was surprising to find out. <laughs> I'm not sure what its purpose is. I think its purpose is to freak me out and mm-hmm. it's doing the job so far. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are here for Milo Music Festival in Appleton, Wisconsin, a great event. Tons of creative artists performing all over town. I like to call it South by Southwest for older people. <laughs> it's more manageable, right? But mm. lots of talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your experience been? You've been here before, I think. Yeah, this is my second time. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. It is fitting we're recording our songwriting-focused podcast here at Milo Music, as the focus of this fest is on original music, songwriting, no mm-hmm. cover songs allowed, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? I love it. I think it's a great emphasis, and it's kind of fun to also just hear entire sets of original music as an artist, too, because I think a lot of people like to sprinkle in their versions of covers and beloved songs, which are fun to hear, but it's it's nice to hear just totally original yeah. stuff. I think it's impressive that they have the guts, let's say, to mm-hmm. ask all these artists. I think you signed a contract or something yeah. that says, I will not play cover songs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. It is. Yeah. All right. So before we dive in too deep, I want to let you talk about your latest single, Help Me Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Great song. Kind of a <laughs> pandemic 911 call yeah. to our musical hero, Willie, right? Yeah, exactly. Great arrangement here that echoes Willie's vibe. We have some pedal steel. This must have been a fun song to make. Yeah, it was awesome to do I it's sort of a co-write with my friend Shane Leonard Um, I had like the bones of the song and then he and I worked on the chorus together which was really fun and it's yeah an official first co-write for me but um, wow yeah it was a blast and then we actually 
went to Shane's studio and tracked it there over a couple of months. It was just the most laid back, like, let's do this when we have time, when we're in the mood and able to have fun with it. And yeah. I think the song really reflects that. So, What about the message of the song? When I write songs, I try to like have so many layers and I probably overthink it to an annoying degree most of the time. And that song is really just like straightforward. I love Willie. I love the way he makes music and his band and just his approach to gathering with people. And so it's really an ode to the way he builds bridges and reaches people from all areas of life and um, just wanted to figure out a way to be like a hero. Willie, please explain how to shred on guitar. These plucking patterns only get me so far. Is it sex? Is it drugs? Is it practice? Is it love? I want a honky-tonk solo with the amp turned all the way. Okay, so I thought we would take a slightly different route than I usually do with our conversation today. You have so many interesting songs that provoke questions. So how about this? I will bring up songs as ways to bring us to different parts of your creative life. We'll let the the songs will be kind of conversation starters, let's say, and, and we'll see where they lead us. That sounds great. You down? Yeah, super down. All right, let's see. First song in question, On the Day We Are Together Again. Hmm. I believe I read that part of your origin story was playing traditional Irish music as a young person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, how does this happen mm-hmm. as an 11-year-old getting into Irish trad music in Minnesota? <laughs> Second part with this song in mind, talk about how the traditional musical forms are important to you in your writing process hmm. currently. Yeah, so, those are great questions. Back to 10-year-old Siri. Yeah. Um, well, 10-year-old Siri was really into ice hockey. That was my, like, pretty much my whole life. I was obsessed okay. and wanted to play it all the time. And um, on my team were the Coglin triplets, and they were Irish. And one uh. played the fiddle, one played the button box, and uh, another triplet sibling played um, the tin whistle. I'm raising my hand. Tell us what a button box is. Oh, it's like an accordion. Okay. Like a small accordion. Yep. And their dad was a great musician. And um, I was sort of learning like a D chord at the time. And that we figured out that we all really were excited about learning music. And so they all roped me into joining them in their basement, learning Irish songs. And then we formed a band called the Celtic Club. Yeah. As how old are you now? I think by the time we were like a formed band and like working up a whole set of music we were probably like 14 15 it was like late middle school okay um but yeah they we harmonized all the time we were like studying traditional irish music and picking out the songs we wanted to learn and their dad was really encouraging and my parents were like this is awesome you yeah. should do this was so. this your way into music in the first place was the traditional irish music in terms of being a performer um, it was it was a big part of it. My mom is also a Lutheran pastor, so I grew up singing in a lot of choirs and 
always singing around the piano and okay. stuff like that. So there was music in the house. And you happen too. to have started playing the guitar at this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt Joan is a great musician and she taught me a, a couple chords. Yeah. And I was pretty into it. Were you writing songs at this point? Yeah. I was writing songs pretty early. Yeah. Kind of just sticking to that D chord. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't go very far, but. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump ahead with this yeah. song on the day we are together again has a traditional musical form, but mm-hmm. obviously you wrote this song. So mm-hmm. how, how does that come together for you now? Yeah. Um, well, so the Celtic Club childhood days, I was so formative. And then I actually lived in Ireland for a while okay. um, as a young adult and studied music there and did some research as a research fellow on get to music. That. Yeah. I don't want to jump around too much, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, but basically um, just spending so many nights in pubs, hearing people sing a cappella unaccompanied songs and just being so enveloped in that tradition was it totally changed the musical dna of my own interior and um it's it's the tradition i look to Mm -hmm. most as like a guiding light of like what a melody needs to evoke an emotional response and how a story can really shift someone's perspective i think that tradition of irish music is like just an ongoing master class yeah I mean, in this song in particular, you are, it sounds to me literally like a traditional Irish melody that mm-hmm. you're placing your words over. Yeah, it's not a particular song that I'm aware of. I think okay. it's just an amalgamation of a lot of different, like, melodic motifs. Right. Um, yeah, I, um, I wrote that song. I had COVID. I, I was in the hospital for COVID, and oh, I wow. got home, and I wrote that song. Well, I, yeah. I've seen you close your shows with it, and it is a very powerful way yeah. to do that. yeah. It's a it's a good way to sort of send people off in, into the rest of their life. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I don't know if we'll see you again. So here's a blessing to send you on your way. We will share the same table again. We will share the same table again. I will pass you the salt, the candlelight. When we share the same table again We will walk around the block hand in hand We will walk around the block hand in hand We will stop for a snack At the taco truck stand When we walk around the block hand get back to Ireland I think here next song up is Persephone Mm. very hard for me to choose a favorite song of yours this one is definitely up there oh thank you so this part of the discussion may have several parts I want to talk about story your interest in story and how it has been part of your creative journey right Mm -hmm. you can start anywhere you want but I would like you to include talking about your academic pursuits studying folklore which you hinted at earlier Yeah. yeah well I mean I grew up in a house where story was just not only constantly used, but talked about as a craft. My mom is a preacher, so obviously storytelling is a big part of what she does. And then my dad is um, a trial lawyer, and he can tell a great story. Wow. So the kitchen table is like a pretty lively place, and I just always really appreciated a good story. Um, And I, through like various 
academic twists and turns ended up studying folklore in various places, um, which culminated in some research in Northern Europe comparing Celtic and Nordic traditions of folklore. So yeah, you did some post postgraduate work, mm-hmm. a fellowship or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was um, it's called the Watson Fellowship, and mm-hmm. it's a year long grant to sort of extend a thesis. So yeah. what was the thesis? How do people use music to tell stories in Northern Europe? And what did you learn? Inform us. I learned that that was a dumb question to ask. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I I traveled for a year and interviewed hundreds of people and worked so hard and was really like far out there. I was up in the Arctic. I got up to Sapmi and was um, interviewing and studying with some Sami Yoik singers. And like, I really got far out there. You went deep. And in the end, I was like, that's a dumb question. Yeah. (laughs) I learned so much, but it's just, it's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do people use music to tell stories? Like the how is actually not so important. It's about this like presence of being when someone is telling a story through music. And yeah, just being there with the music, with the story, the context of how it's being told and where and who's telling it. And Ultimately, I started off with a question and the question just like exploded in slow motion throughout the year. And by the end, it was like, "Eh, the question doesn't even exist. So how do you think of that time now in terms of where your creative life ended up going? You were on a little bit of an academic Mm -hmm. bent there. Now you are a creative person using story. How do you think about maybe was there a fork in the road there? Yeah, absolutely. I um I didn't grow up around people who made a living through music. Like there isn't I wasn't exposed to that really mm-hmm. as a possible job. So, I always loved it and I figured I would teach about it cuz I thought it was so important, but when I was conducting that research, I was shadowing storytellers. I was following family bands around the west of Ireland and I was like, I don't want to be in a classroom talking about this stuff and dissecting this stuff. Yeah. Um, I would way rather be part of cultivating it and creating experiences for people to enter into and process their own life or expand their framework. And um, yeah, it's really a credit to the people who let me follow them around that year because I was suddenly much less interested in the classroom and a lot more enchanted with the world and yeah. what's what happens in the margins and the quiet corners of pubs and stuff like that. That's a great story. You also express your story writing in other ways aside from music, right? Mm-hmm. Including publishing fairy tale that was being mm-hmm. read in my home just yesterday. <laughs> Wolf's yeah. Beard. Wolf's Beard. So yeah. can you talk about these other ways you have of expressing yourself through story? Yeah. It, it all feels really related to me. I think in the way we conduct work in like the dominant society now is you sort of have to categorize yourself. And I think genre is like that or artistic medium is like that. But I think if you talk to most people making stuff, it's like all part of the same thread or they're coming at things from different angles. So I love fairy tales. I love folklore, mythology yeah, um, and history. Honestly, that stuff is just endless fertile ground to learn from and sit with. There's such seeds yes. for creative ideas. So in my music, it's also the same. A lot of the songs, those same seeds are there. They're just in a different mode. For example, Persephone. 
Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite mythological figures. There's so much there. I love this song because you bring this ancient story of Persephone, her journey down to the underworld and back up right into our lives in the present day with, oh. these, with this great lyric. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Well, this lyric just grabbed me the first time I heard it and you repeat it because I think you know that you got something here. I was a girl picking flowers. I need a nap and a tall glass of water. Mm -hmm. That brings her right into our lives today, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how would it feel to get, like, kidnapped by the king of the underworld and you can't get home and all you were doing was picking flowers in a field? It's, like, fun to just put yourself in the shoes of these untouchable figures of antiquity, but then make them human. And, yeah, I think Persephone's story in particular is an amazing metaphor for mental health and seasonal depression. And anyone who struggles with that, it's, like, often, like just take a nap and drink some water and try again mm -hmm. in 20 minutes or whatever. You just got to kind of like constantly remember how to take care of yourself. So yeah. that's where that line comes it's from. It's a great song. Thank you. I was a girl picking flowers I need a and a tall glass of water Surface now from the underground Time goes quick, we'd better make it count Who are you to say Where I choose to stay While the earth sleeps I wanted to talk a little bit more, though, about the writing the fairy tales. I believe you put on plays and things like mm -hmm. that. Talk about some of these other pursuits that you have or you, you do pursue. Yeah. Um, I think really I'm driven by wanting to make something that I would like to have but can't find, if that makes sense. And often with music, it's like, well, I, I'm experiencing this emotion or I'm thinking about this story and I haven't heard anyone talk about it like this. I'm going to try to write a song. Um with like the performances, the storytelling and the fairy tales, it's a similar impulse, just differently expressed. And in particular, the storytelling really came out of the pandemic when we couldn't perform in venues. And we just threw it out to the me and my Humbird bandmates threw it out to the community in the Twin Cities that, hey, we'll come to your backyard and perform for like four people around a campfire. We'll tell you an old story. And I think in the midst of the pandemic, the old folklore felt even more poignant because our ancestors put so much wisdom in there for yeah. us to hold on to. So it felt like this is what's needed. I want to go to a campfire and someone tell me old stories that instruct me on how to move through challenging moments as a collective species. So we were like, well, we're not seeing it. So Let's we'll do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. great. I want to talk about your creative process a bit as a your 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 view of yourself as a working songwriter mm. with the song North Country Girl as our totem here, right? Okay. Yeah. This song is a bit in bit of an homage to your home state boy, Bob Dylan, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if homage is the right word there, but <laughs> you can talk about it. So how would you compare your writing process, the work of what you do, 
in what ways would it maybe be similar to or different from how you think other songwriters work? Hmm. Yeah. Good question. I, I have no idea how other songwriters work. It's such a like infinite expanse inside well, I have people's mind. a podcast mind. you can listen to. Yeah. And learn something. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I do. I do listen to music podcasts okay. a lot, and I find people's interviews to be fascinating because yeah. you're like, wow, that is so different. Yeah. And um, I think it's cool because then you can kind of take what other artists say and try it out, see yeah. if it fits. Yeah, my process is kind of just like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, I would say. Do you, are you working on a lot of things at the same time? Or are you one song start to finish kind of person? I'm pretty start to finish. Yeah. Um, writing like stories and essays and nonfiction is a little different. Those I'll chew on that for a while and kind of come at it every few days and work yeah. on it for months. But a song is pretty like one at a time. Sometimes I'll edit later. Right. I'll be like, I think this needs a chorus like two months later. But generally it's like you sit down, you do the thing and then it exists. You can always shift things later, but yeah. Yeah. You said that Willie Nelson's song was your first co-write. So mm -hmm. all of this is done on your own. At some point you bring it to the band. Mm -hmm. You must trust yourself as a self editor. <laughs> um, is there a point at which you might show something to someone else along the way? Or do you just know when something is, is good enough to bring to your bandmates? You know, I, I am blessed with the, uh, ability to not care if I look dumb generally. I mean, yeah. I do care. Like I'm not trying to like dance in front of a crowd of people because I'm like a horrible dancer. But when it comes to music, I don't know if it's a thick skin or just a openness, but I'll show people what I know is a bad idea. I'll be like, this is a bad idea, but I think there's some redeeming qualities. Here it is. Okay. What do you think? And, and go from there. These are people in your band, other people you trust. I'm pretty open. Um, I feel like I've learned this about myself. I've been doing like songwriting challenges. Have you heard of these? Or you write a song, one song every day for a month. Oh, okay. Which are like, it's really, Do talk about flexing your muscles. And are people giving you today's song is about this? or you No, just no it? prompts. Yeah, it's no just prompts, you kind right. of like all submit stuff. And I've been doing those a lot the last few years with people I know and people I don't know. And I'll just like upload trash songs. Like I just don't care, but yeah. I do believe that having something to work with is better than nothing to work with. And a blank page is the hardest part. So if the you write, tyrant. yeah, if you just write a trash song, at least you have something to work with. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of just write and write and write and write. And yeah. the stuff that I like in particular or a bandmate likes in particular will bubble up and then if it's really worth it it'll stick around okay. so it's sort of this like gauntlet that songs go through yeah yeah what can you tell us about North Country Girl it's an interesting song yeah um, it's it's a song that I think I was like just bound to write at some point or another because I love the song um, Girl from the North Country so much and I have sung it for almost 15 years for right. audiences and I just love it because it always makes me feel like I'm back home no matter how far away I am it's like my little signal back to my family and the landscape that I love but you can't sit in that story for that many years and not start to wonder what the other side is so that felt kind of inevitable so this your song is from the perspective of 
of her. Or the woman in the song yeah. of Bob Dylan. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some leave, some leave when the rivers freeze. Some go, some go. second in terms of your journey we're talking about songwriting you were if i have your story right part of a band then you went out on your own as you started writing more songs do i mm-hmm. have that basically yeah. correct yeah. yeah so can you talk about that transition how is your self-awareness as an artist and songwriter changing at this time was it important for you to be able to present your work from your own perspective at this mm. point in your career yeah definitely the the first band i was in it was just a folk duo unlin and wolf um, I, my last name is Unlin and um, my bandmate Dexter Wolf is an amazing songwriter and we actually like grew up together and we met at a really young age mm. and wrote some songs together but mostly supported each other's songs and that was the first band I ever booked a tour with it was the first band I ever got paid cash 50 bucks nice. to play an hour of music <laughs> which actually was pretty good yeah for a first gig. Um, so there was so many firsts with that band. And eventually we both just were needing more space. Because we were, I think, both just like had stubborn artist qualities of our own. The, cat, <laughs> the mysterious the, cat, the mysterious is cat back. He has something to say about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think you, you said it right. It was just like eventually I was like, I'm writing more songs then this band can keep up with because we're doing so much together right. and um, eventually Humbird kind of took over and, and that band sort of dissipated. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to give you a chance to talk about the song Summer Storm for Charlotte. Mm. I'm not going to say too much here. You have the floor, but perhaps you can include some thoughts on how you view your position as an artist in troubling or disturbing mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say anything too absolutist because I change my mind all the time. But I do think one of the deepest privileges and responsibilities of having creative tools at your disposal is to like be a witness and tell about it. I don't. I'm not in the Christian church anymore, but that feels like very much. Um, out of how I was raised, which mm-hmm. was like to witness what you see around you and to celebrate it or talk about it or respond to it, be activated by it. Um, and that's definitely present in a lot of my songwriting. And the song Summer Storm for Charlotte was a relief to write um, because I was living in uh, South Minneapolis, not far from where George Floyd was murdered. And it was such an intense 
insane um, apocalyptic moment in this like mile radius of the city and it was hard to imagine ever picking up a guitar again Hmm. it was hard to imagine ever writing a song again and and then I saw my neighbor Charlotte who's five learning to ride her bike without training wheels in the midst of so much chaos and I kind of went back to that deeply held belief of like witness the world and tell about it and it was just this moment of clarity. I was like, I don't have to be an expert in these like massive things that are going on around me that need to be talked about. There are experts to talk about this and learn from, but no one's talking about Charlotte who's in the back alley doing this and, and she matters so much. And this is an important element of this story too, even if it is a quiet moment that no one else saw, but me. And I think that's, one of music's great superpowers is catching those moments that maybe would have slipped through the cracks otherwise. Yeah. We talked briefly before we recorded about things that I've heard you say in your live performances that can be powerful and important. And when you present this song as well, it is a a powerful opportunity for you to just bring people back to that moment and Mm -hmm. have them reflect and reflect on art and its relationship to our world. So yeah, absolutely. And And I think especially in the way our culture functions, we just move so fast and there's nice things about that, but man, does it come at a high cost and, um, you know, nothing like trauma to really like keep you rooted in a particular experience. And I think a lot of people in that week of, of time after George Floyd was murdered, you know, there was a lot of focus on that neighborhood in Minneapolis. And of course, in any of these scenarios, these headlines, there's like what happens after everyone else moves on. Right. And how does the neighborhood function? How do you move forward? And those are big questions. I don't have answers to those questions, but it's been really wild to play the song on stages all over the country. And and I've traveled to Europe too and played it. And the response in different places is really palpable. Like you can play that song in London and have one experience and you can play that song in Belfast and have another. Right. And you talk about it and you can really sense the shift in a room. Um, and some people are there for it and some people really aren't, but I feel strongly about talking about it either way. Charlotte's been a hard month. Noises in the night, we all slept rough. Charlotte, it's beautiful, isn't it? The moon on the rooftops, the silver light trips Sweet dreams, kid I hope you find some peace while you're sleeping Next up is the song May. Mm. I've gotten the impression from spending time with you that the natural world is very important to you as a person <laughs> walking the earth. I mean, obviously, it should be important to all of us, but also as an artist, right? Yeah. So with this song, May, in mind, can you talk about your relationship to nature? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I am nature. You mm-hmm. are nature. I don't think there's much separation despite our best efforts. <laughs> and... Um, it's fun to blur the lines that we've created for ourselves through music yeah. and, and try to get back to that understanding that 
we're all part of the same thing. Yeah. And so what about the song May? Yeah, May. I mean, really, that song, I started writing it as a heartbreak song. But (laughs) now, years later, it's like, it's just an ode to the way that the natural world heals us once we actually make time to be in it and be present in it. And a river sort of moves through that song. And um, I picture the Mississippi River when I sing it because that's the river I grew up near. And it's a very spiritual muddy place <laughs> right yeah but it's it's cool just like to... your relationships our relationships yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but it's fun we through playing it we've gotten feedback and like oh is it about this place is it about that place and it's fun to hear where people go in their own minds yeah yeah may you find your song Mm. we're gonna have a couple more questions after that but pharmacon yeah the song that first caught my attention brought me to your music i think a lot of your fans might say the same thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's something very simple intense and compelling about this song it really grabs at first listen i can't quite put my finger on it which is another reason (laughs) i think i love it so much yeah it's mysterious right is this song special to you and do you think you know what the secret power of this song is Hmm. Well, I have some guesses. Let's let's hear them all. I'll tell you which one is right. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the song itself, like, really steeped for a long time. Pharmacon is a word I learned a long time ago, like, probably 15, 16 years ago. First time I read Plato's Republic. Okay. And I loved it. And... It really just bounced around in my head for so long. I used the word. No one ever knew what it meant. I wanted to write about it all the time. But then eventually I just like wrote this song kind of fast, but like 10 years later. So it's almost like this Hmm. idea that was steeping. And for whatever reason, probably because I was like busy and distracted, I didn't force it. I was like, it's there. It'll be something at some point. And then all of a sudden. Talk about the word pharmacon for us. Yeah. So pharmacon. In Plato's Republic, there's other like various definitions around it, but it's something that can be a poison or a cure, depending on how much you use of it or when you use it. So something like chemotherapy would be a pharmacon. Okay. It's like the poison and the cure. Alcohol is another one. Mm -hmm. And if you start like, you know, using your abstract thinking, you're like, they're everywhere. (laughs) I will be your pharmacon. Yeah. The lyric. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Like we are each other's pharmacon as well. So it's great to just like sit in those words and unfold them and stretch them out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the recording of the song is interesting too. We, I was in the studio with some of my heroes and we tried so many versions of that arrangement. There was like, five or six different oh wow types and then 
in the end, this was so hard. It was the first album I ever recorded and everyone had worked so hard on it. And it was like this big moment where I was like, I think it should just be me and guitar yeah. after everything we've done. That's a bold It was so scary. To have to make. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. I was like in tears in a closet before I came out and like actually like said it to everyone. Cause I was like, so I just felt so bad. We'd worked so, but we couldn't get it right. And then it was like, let's just do voice and guitar because nothing else is clicking for me. And then ironically, this really simple arrangement ended up resonating with more people than I ever could have imagined. And it was like, wow, what a lesson. And just like following your gut, even if you're like in tears and terrified to say it. (laughs) I have to say that was an amazing decision you made. And mm-hmm. it possibly changed the course of your career life. as an artist. Oh, it changed Going my in life. that closet and crying and coming out and yeah. being brave. Yeah. Because this song brought your music to a lot of people. Yeah. I had no idea. Thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was already so stressed. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... And that... I mean, it was a huge... I don't want to ever be like a cocky artist in the studio, but it was a confidence boost because I was working with heroes with so much more experience than me and they were just throwing everything at it so many cool ideas yeah. so inspiring I look to, to the see the set yeah. when i get to hear all these versions <laughs> yeah, all the different versions yeah yeah but i was i just felt like the young kid in the room and i was learning so much from all of them and i i'm honestly sort of shocked that i had the wherewithal to be like actually we're not going to do any of this i'm so surprised that that happened but man it changed a lot of things so worked out i will be your pharmacon keep you well when day is young light your life just like the sun steal your breath when day is done like a poison September is going, going, gone. Okay, so you brought up an interesting point about the different versions of Pharmacon. I've seen you perform in different arrangements, solo artists, duo, trio, Mm -hmm. different combinations (laughs) of music, musicians. These songs are being interpreted and presented musically in different ways, mm-hmm. sometimes one day to the next, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So can you talk about what the essence of a song is to you, how you think about what the song is and, and how you feel about these songs taking different forms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it's all about the story and the melody. That's the, that's the foundation of the house, mm-hmm. of the song. And other than that, Kind of anything goes. Yeah. I feel like some artists are really precious about their arrangements, and I respect that. I don't think it's a bad thing. But we play these songs all the time. It's like, I feel like sometimes working musicians are this like weird, opaque thing that people don't really know too much about. But it's like, we travel for like six weeks at a time, and we play the same song. So if we didn't do it different... You go crazy. We would lose it. Yeah. It's like, it's a mental health practice yeah. to be like, let's, let's play this song rock and roll tonight, or let's do this with a drone and like invite someone new up on stage to mess around with it. And yeah. luckily my bandmates, Pete and Pat are amazing improvisers. So mm. every show is different and it's yeah. a delight. It's like, I think part of why we are all still doing this and going. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Okay. So related question. I've seen you perform in these different formats. I've seen you 
write and perform Americana songs, trad mm-hmm. folk sounding songs, <laughs> more abstract songs, deconstructed arrangements, acapella songs, more pop leaning songs. Mm-hmm. How do you think about the choices you have made and continue to make in the art you are creating? Do you see it as a path? Is it more of a multiple choice game at any one time? I'm going to rephrase the question. Might be helpful. Is it a purposeful thing to be trying new ways to express yourself along the way? Or is it more just an organic expression of where you are at any one moment in time, do you think? Hmm. I think it's an organic expression of where things are at at any given time. But I, um, I think this is ultimately just a privilege of having a really supportive family that always was like, hey, you're pretty good at this. You should keep going. Yeah. Um, and having that empowerment to just go where something feels warm, like where, what ideas feel warm? Where am I feeling drawn? And yeah, having a support system to turn to and be like, am I crazy? And they're like, maybe, but like, keep going. Yeah. Um, I think is part of why it, it feels so random, but also I've just trusted that if I'm doing it, I'm the common thread. Yeah. Even if. It is kind of a wide swath of ideas, but those are just the ones that were most exciting at the time. Okay. You brought me to a final comment and maybe a question. The other night, we were lucky enough to have you and your band play a show at our Tell You What Home Studios. It was, it was so fun. It was awesome. Wonderful. Mike, you're such a great host. Maybe <laughs> I hope the people listening to this podcast know that. Like You put so much love and warmth into your hosting and cultivating community. It's well, awesome. Thank you very much for saying that. <laughs> yeah. None of these people listening are invited. <laughs> joking. Very exclusive no, invite. <laughs> that was the, we talked about this before. It's not exclusive. We are a welcoming community. Anyway, one of our guests texted me the next morning to say how much he enjoyed your show. He's a talented musician himself. He was not familiar with your music. Mm. And he loved it, of course. But here is what he said. It was, he described your music as super unique, but still really digestible music. I consider that a nice compliment. Yeah, yeah. what you were talking about, about the way you go to what is warm. Do you have anything to say about that commentary, what he said? Mm, it's easier to digest warm food than cold food I hear on the internet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Interesting. No, but I mean, if I think if an artist is doing what they're excited about or what's drawing them in, it, it's just inherently a better experience for a listener, an audience member. Yeah. It's like it's such a collective exchange that happens and sucks to pretend. So, yeah. Why? That's good. Yeah. That's good. All right. Anything else you want to throw out to our listeners here? Anything on your mind? Anything you want to advertise? Um, well, I mean, just thank you yeah. for having me on the show. Sure. Honored to be here. Well, I know you are very busy here at Milo Music. I think you have three shows yeah. today. Yeah. So I am very grateful for you taking this time out of your busy oh schedule. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, and I look forward to seeing you in some different combinations of musicians today. Cool. Yeah, me too. We'll see what happens. (laughs) All right, Siri, thanks so much. Everyone should be out there listening to Humbird. Sometimes.